Patrick Hornquist is retiring from professional hockey. On today's show, we are going to discuss how, even though he's no longer going to be playing in a Florida Panthers sweater, how he has had an everlasting impact in Sunrise, Florida. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, June 30th edition of Locked On Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each team. Each player be being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check mark. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And Panther fans, we have a lot to talk about today in the world of the Florida Panthers which later on in the show, we are going to be discussing the Florida Panthers draft class and the lack of movement in the NHL entry draft on today's show. But it is Friday, which is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And Nick Fairbanks is here. Nick, welcome back to another off-season edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Oh, wait, hold on, you're muted. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Armando, thank you for having me on again. I think I just woke up from my NHL draft nap because literally nothing happened. Nothing of consequence happened. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it, we're, we're of course, we'll save that for segment three as far as we're going to discuss more about the state of the NHL and what mm-hmm. that has to do with the with and how that impacts the florida panthers but first we got to get we had to pivot a little bit as far as what we had to talk about on today's show because after the draft uh bill zito spoke to the media and spoke about how patrick hornquist has officially moved back to sweden his family is already back there and spoke about how he would like to continue to have patrick hornquist in a role with the florida panthers and never said the word retirement but everything you know if you're uh putting two and two together says that he's probably played his last game uh with the with the florida panthers and in the nhl and of course being the last pick in the 2005 nhl entry draft and the career that he's had being a two-time stanley cup champion and of course bill zito's first trade bring him over here and he was the guy who it it was the beginning of that change in this franchise for the Florida Panthers of course that was the first year of that was the second year of the Florida Panthers making the playoffs out of four years in a row and it's crazy Nick that opening night roster for the Florida Panthers in the 2021 season the 56 game season the second line was Alex Wenberg Patrick Hornquist, Frank Vitrano. 
And to think that Patrick Hornquist was the guy on power play one as that net fund presence when he was uh, when he was originally traded here and starting off just goes to show also how far the Florida Panthers have come. And credit to Patrick Hornquist as well. Hadn't played since December 3rd after taking Ebel to the head by Vince Dunn on, in that road game against the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. And what he's done also to help guys like an Anthony Duclair come back. And even when Sergei Bobrovsky was taking a few weeks off from his non-COVID illness to get him right, Patrick Hornquist was consistently a, a great professional uh, throughout, even, even when he wasn't on the ice. That's exactly why Bill Zito brought him in. You know, Pittsburgh was looking to clear up some cap money, and the best way to do it was to dangle him and, you know, get something in return for him that I don't think that they were going to keep that asset. And that asset was, you know, uh, Mike Matheson uh, and also Colton Sevier. So I don't think Colton Sevier really stayed on after that season. I think they actually cut him shortly after. Um, But – you know, what a move. I, if anything, I think the core at that time should have seen the writing on the wall um, that this team, this organization was moving forward. And if you weren't on the path or the trade tracks that, you know, Bill Zito was on, you got to make some changes. And I think, you know, as the other off seasons that have come on, you know, we've seen that change. But as far as Hornquist goes, he had not only an impact, you know, off the ice, you know, trying to, you know, bring the team together and really coach him up. He was the most vocal guy uh, during that 56-game season. But he was also integral to, like, showing guys the right way to play. And he scored a lot of big goals. Uh, I remember him scoring um, either at the end of regulation or just on the power plays to end a period that just really shifted the momentum for the Panthers that uh, in that season that got them, you know, through and got them into the playoffs. So um, definitely one of those hard-nosed guys that you need. And as you said, you know, he'll go over to the front of the net. But Florida's starting to, you know, get some of those guys, you know, on the regular for the, you know, to play. You know, you have to Chuck, you have Bennett. Um, you know, you have others that will be joining soon that, you know, will take the punishment to put the puck in that or get to the ultimate goal, which is the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and, and let's also not forget they had a no trade clause, and and the Panthers were on mm-hmm. on on one of those teams, and he decided to change his mind as far as coming over here. So just uh just goes to show what the Florida Panthers were brewing even before he mm-hmm. came over, and. A big, big part of, and one of the mes- most memorable goals was actually Game Five against the Washington Capitals last year. Uh, kind of a slow-ish breakaway uh, before uh, <laughs> before uh, beating uh, Vitek Vanacek it, there uh, to come back from another three nothing lead, as we saw so many times during that 2021-22 season. Uh, as frustrating as those were, but the victories were great all at the same time. But and Patrick Hornquist uh, got a big goal that gave the uh, Panthers the lead at that time. So another a memorable moment for Patrick Hornquist as he was a guy who uh, who was the a real change in uh, um, in in the culture in Sunrise, Florida, and and it all makes sense now. When we were not, I, I guess I'm not sure begging is the right word, but consistently beating the dead horse about the Bill Zito trading Patrick Hornquist about wanting at least the want to do it to clear cat space for the Panthers and mm-hmm. the promise 
that we spoke about mid-season about not trading him, and then we could have we saw we were thinking that either a Bennett or a Reinhardt were going to be trade bait to bring back Duke. And hindsight's twenty twenty now, but the fact that they want to keep in a, in a role with the Panthers, the fact that they didn't, uh, yeah, an LTIR had a lot to do with mm-hmm. it with with not with not that not happening, but the relationship is 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 still going to be strong and there's a possibility that he could be an international scout for for the panthers or work or work as an as some type of ambassador role internationally for the florida panthers too and i think that's extremely valuable when you have someone who has the pedigree of patrick Ormgris. and i think i think that i think uh it's a win-win situation for the panthers and thank goodness they didn't trade him now looking back at it yeah, the the biggest question, I guess, coming into the last couple of seasons is how healthy is he going to be? Is he going to be able to play, you know, 60 games? Is he going to be able to play 50 games? And unfortunately, this season and now his career uh, was kaput uh, because of two hits to the head. And uh, I remember one of them, I, I think it was Vince Dunn, but there was another one, I think, during that road trip that he just took and nothing was called. Um, so it's unfortunate that it ended like this, but Think about this. Think about him in a, a scouting role over in Europe. And, you know, he goes to check out some players and everything. And he can come into a room and talk to these guys and say, listen, this is the career I was able to have. This is what I did to get to where I was. And guess what? I was the last draft pick in my draft in 2005. Don't let mm-hmm. a number dictate exactly what you're going to be and what you're going to do. I'm living proof of that. So if you want to be drafted, if you want to come to Florida and everything, this is the mentorship that I can provide and I can make you successful. So that, that would be, honestly, that's what I would say. <laughs> that, that, that would be my big pitch. But um, I think Florida does need a little bit more in the way of, you know, European scouting at this time. Um, you know, I, I think the gentleman who um, was all in on Barkoff, I don't think is with the organization anymore, unfortunately. And, um, I think the Panthers could use a boost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, big name. And speaking of draft, that's a perfect way for us to transition over to segment number two, where we talk more about the Florida Panthers 2023 draft class as they made every single one of their available picks on on today on t- for today's uh, NHL entry draft. But we're going to talk about that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first... We're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And our next partner, AG1, is a the daily nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. And I literally drink it every day, and I gave it a try because sometimes I need a little bit of a break from coffee. Yes, South Florida is a place where coffee is super rich in that region, but sometimes we need a little bit of a break. And I drink it in the, in the morning, right before my workouts, and it makes me feel that I'm ready to take on the day and it, and there's no crashes in relation to AG1 so you won't feel that, that that later in the day and for and all great athletes have one thing in common they take care of their bodies and a huge part of it starts with them optimizing their whole body health it's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take care of their health and body if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your daily 
supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to ag1.com slash NHL network. That's, that, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Segment number two here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as Nick Fairbanks is back on today's edition of the show. So a little bit of a rundown of the draft picks for the Florida Panthers on for day two of the NHL entry drafts as they did not have a pick in round one. So they're 63rd overall in the second round. They got Grayson Sachin, a Canadian, uh, um, five foot. 5'11", um, 165 pounds from the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. 58 points in 58 games. Uh, and Nick, the average rank for for uh, Grayson Sachin was number 37 as far as all the scouts. I decided to do a spreadsheet and, and average it out. So 37 is, is the average, even though one, um, elite prospects had him as low as 90. Elite prospects had him as high as 13. And one great thing about Grayson is that he's very quick uh, to get around the boards, winning his puck battles, and he's not afraid to get into the dirty areas. Spoke about how he how he loves to play like Matthew Kachuk. The the Panthers in their fourth round, uh, they, um, they got Albert uh, Wickman out of Sweden, 6'1", 198, uh, from the SHL. Um, average rank was 85th, and they got him at 127th. More of a stay-at-home defenseman uh, for for mm-hmm. for the Panthers. Uh, likes to break pucks and closing gaps in transition. The Panthers did fulfill their need of getting a goalie. One thing that every franchise should do uh, every year, as far as filling out the pipeline, got Olaf uh, Gifford um, out of Sweden uh, as well. Uh, sixth round um, in the sixth round, they got uh, defenseman Luke Coughlin, five ten, one seventy two, left-handed shot from uh, Rusnik Oceanic. Uh, average rank was one twenty-five. And their seventh round pick, Stepan Zweigen. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. Six six foot, 154, a little bit undersized. Uh, Bill Zito spoke about how he's going to be in the KHL for a few years. Um, so um, so that is, uh, don't have to worry about him for a little while. To, it, it, that's even if he signs a contract. But as far as what you read about the these, uh, these, uh, these uh, prospects, and of course, not going to pretend like we know knew any of them before uh, today, as I'm not a prospect expert. But as far as as far as picks, as far as positional need and what they bring to the table, what what catch what catches your eye? Uh, basically, you know that Bill Zito was able to go, you know, get you know players at a bargain. Uh, you know, you speak about where these prospects were rated. And he's getting them 30 or 40 picks later. And, you know, that that's something unheard of. So either he knows something that other GMs don't, or right now um, he has the luxury of being able to take chances on some players that might pan out and uh, really uh, make this Panthers team a little bit better. Now, the big thing that I've noticed is that there's also speed that, you know, was addressed and then you have also the stay-at-home defenseman, and you know you pick a goalie, as you said. I think overall this was just a draft that they wanted to, you know, sprinkle across the board, pick up some forwards, pick up a goalie, and pick up a defenseman, and everything. Um, not really worried too much about you know drafting a guy that's going to make the team now because listen, 
they already have some players that could make the jump right now. It's just a matter of are they going to be consistent and are they going to be able to, you know, produce at this level? And if not, then, you know, there's free agency. So uh, I, I think they're just doing their due diligence and making sure that they have uh, players at every position that they can start to develop and hopefully uh, make the team one day. Yeah. And, 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 and like we said, like I spoke about earlier in the week, the chances of a pick past number 24 of playing a hundred plus NHL games is less than 2% there. So the fact that the Bill Zito was able to get some of these guys for, like you said, 40 picks uh, ahead of where, where they're ranked, it gives me a little bit of optimism that, that these, these guys are going to develop at their own pace. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to expect Grayson uh, Sachin to be with the org, at least on the NHL lineup until the, at the earliest, maybe like 2025, 2026, he's probably going to spend another season in, um, in the WHL with the Seattle Thunderbirds, maybe sign his ELC next year and then start in Charlotte. He's not going to, he's not going to be, he's not going to be uh, in, mm-hmm. in, on the, on the roster um, or early on. I mean, you still have plenty of other guys that you want to give uh, chances to, assuming that you qualify a uh, Gregor Denisenko, assuming that you qualify Alexi Hepaniemi, Justin Sordiff could be knocking on the door um, very soon for for the Panthers as well as far as the forward uh, groups. Uh, and, and as far as defense, Santu Keenan, seventh round pick, has been with the with the Charlotte Checkers for a few years now. Uh, he's getting he's getting a bigger uh, role. Uh, Lucas Carlson had a great year uh, there as well. Mm-hmm. Matt Kirstead has something to prove as well. Uh, as now he's on a one-way contract this year, while last year was a two. So it's uh, Evan Oss is winning a Memorial Cup. He's going to be with the Charlotte Checkers next year too. So it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of time for all of these guys to get um, get uh, into the system. But they're also very uh, spread out into uh, where where these guys are were, were drafted. And the thing about Olaf Glifford, uh, the goalie that they uh, drafted, mm-hmm. um, huge. 6'4", 198, uh, he, not your undersized, um, not, not an undersized uh, goalie, uh, but only one ranking had him, uh, and it was at two, 222, I believe, uh, but it was in the hmm. 200s. So you got to wonder uh, what, um, you got to wonder if that, that was just positional need uh, for the Panthers. That, that's more of where I'm leaning as well. And the same thing with uh, Stefan Zweigen, um, uh, their seventh round pick, only one ranking. So it's it's hard for these guys to watch every single player, uh, and these guys are at rinks all the times. These scouts, like the Bob McKenzie, the Chris Peters, the Scott Wheelers of the world, uh, mm-hmm. they go. They're tr- always traveling just to get their 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 proper rankings, and they not they may not be able to see everyone. And even elite prospects doesn't have uh, explanations on what their uh, scouting report is uh, based on 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 these guys as well. So. Uh, just uh, just goes to show that you know the 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 work that each individual front office and every scouting department because Bill Zito also can't see every single one of these. That's why he has a whole team of guys. It takes a village. That's the whole. That's the whole. That's the whole. Uh, that's the whole thing when it comes to scouting. It takes a village. While Bill Zito is mostly managing the team, traveling with the team, and then of course the trust that comes with your scouting department there as well. It does and. You know, I don't want people listening to this or even watching to be alarmed that there was only one ranking on uh, the goaltender and also our seventh round pick. 
there was a player that was drafted probably about 20 years ago now by a team called the Detroit Red Wings. His name was Pavel Datsuk. I don't believe he had one ranking. And all it took was... Multiple times. Exactly. And all it took was one scout wanting to watch another player, and he noticed that there was one guy with the puck all the time. After that, he wasn't watching for the player that he was looking for. He was watching Datsuk, and guess what? He was picked, I think, in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, They developed him after a year or two and made the team, and the rest is history. So um, either, like I said, Bill Zito knows something or the scouting staff knows something and they see it, and it's raw you know, talent that they're going to try and mold. But, you know, let's just be honest. The, the draft is, you know, you're, you're looking to pick players that would fit your uh, system, but also you're looking to see if you can find some diamonds in the rough. You know, not everybody's going to pan out, unfortunately, you know, as much as, you know, the, wor- the world would be perfect at that way. I'd be in the NHL if that was the case. Uh, <laughs> but if, if anything, I just think that the Panthers – as I said, are just trying to find, uh, you know, sprinkle a player here and there to fill out their organizational depth. And, you know, if, if it takes a village to do all the scouting, why not add a Pat- Patrick Hornquist to that type of team and, you know, have mm-hmm. him take over scouting in like Sweden or, you know, the um, Nordic countries. And, you know, let's see what he does with it. It would be awesome to kind of see if he his first draft pick uh, became a huge influence on the Florida Panthers. Who, who knows? And uh, reports are saying that the Panthers development camp will be starting uh, next Sunday, July 9th uh, as well. So very, uh, very exciting time to see some of these uh, people um, come to Sunrise, Florida for the first time and, and just uh, and just to see uh, how they are coached up and how they are, are able to be in a professional hockey setting for the first time but we're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to talk about the lack of activity in the nhl entry draft and we're we're going to give our thoughts on what this means for the state of the nhl as uh, nick fairbanks does a sleeping uh 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 notion uh there so we're going to discuss that all next here on the locked on florida panthers podcast Third and final segment here on this Friday, June 30th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And Nick Fairbanks is back for another edition of the show. And Nick, I was really expecting fireworks in, in the in the first round. Not necessarily by the Panthers, but just by other teams. There were rumors about Nashville wanting to trade up. Of course, we got the big, I guess we could call it surprise early with, with Leo Carlson going uh, number two overall to the Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks and then of course, uh, Adam Fantilli going to the the Columbus Blue Jackets is crazy. A, a Michigan guy going to Columbus, and of course, Kent Johnson's also in in the, in uh in with the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. And then, of course, the the big one, uh, Matej Michkov, uh, who had a secret meeting with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, last week. They shut down actually their facility, I, I guess. To and the theory is that that's where Mitchkoff met with the Flyers. And of course, um, there was a little bit of a run of defensemen earlier than, than we expected. David Reinbacher going to the Montreal Canadiens, Will Smith go, um, going to, uh, to the podium with fresh Prince of Bel-Air as his, uh, as his 
song, which was really, really cool. Uh, <laughs> and Pittsburgh, uh, their draft pick, Braden Yeager, got a phone call from Sidney Crosby short, shortly after he got drafted. And there's also a whole bunch of things maybe we could laugh about. Um, there's one of the Toronto Maple Leafs reaching for a pick of Easton Cowan uh, with their 28th pick when a lot of uh, people had him at 90. But the main storyline, Nick, is the lack of activity. There are no trades in the first round, no trades in the fifth round neither uh, in, in the draft. And a lot of the work was done early. And mm -hmm. before the draft even started day two, Josh Bailey was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for future considerations and, uh, and a 2026 second round pick which was now which is now he's on unconditional waivers for purposes of a of a buyout Corey perry's ufa rights was also traded to chicago so they're surrounding connor bedard uh with some veteran experience <laughs> also with uh having taylor hall there and nick felino as well kyler yamamoto and clem costin to detroit for future considerations but this also says something about where we are in the nhl with the salary cap being at 85.5 for next year and this is this is i this is so bad for the NHL because you're having a lot of players being squeezed out. Buyouts, are, we're still in the buyout period, which Bill Zito said there would be no Florida Panthers in, in being bought out, but which is which is great, thankfully. Yes. Um, but it just goes to show how tightly squeezed um, teams are, and also the amount of the amount of work these guys have already done from the previous trade deadline. Remember, during the trade deadline, the who are the master manipulators? The sellers. You want this guy? Give 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 us give us this. Nashville manipulated Tampa for all those picks. I mean, Tampa probably thinks it's worth it <laughs> for getting Tanner Janot, but the 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 sellers can take advantage of that. And and the Panthers, for example, they had five picks. Apparently, Calgary doesn't like their offer for Noah Hannafin. There's only so much that the Florida Panthers have at their disposal next year. Don't 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 have a first round pick till 2026, and they don't have a and their second round pick. Let's also remind the the audience their second round pick for 2024 was traded as a salary dump for Anton Stroman, so they won't have a first nor second next year. So it just goes to show how COVID 19 is still affecting this league, and it's made the draft even though it's broken records for viewership and a lot of that has to do with the top end talent but just goes to show about the lack of activity that they were just waiting and waiting and waiting because i was when the panthers weren't picking i was around the house doing a lot of chores just watching just being entertained <laughs> I, I didn't leave the house but i wasn't like glued to my seat while 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 watching the coverage definitely last night the most boring pick of the draft I, and I put it on Twitter was Bedard. It was the most like, you knew he was going number one. It's just like, Oh, okay. So this is going, uh, I think the second pick was definitely more, uh, exciting, uh, just because I think a lot of people thought Fantilli was going to be a duck and they go with Carlson instead, which I actually really like that for them. Uh, you know, a nice young Swede, uh, power forward that I think will play a long time there. But as far as, you know, the lack of movement, I think the only teams that really did make moves again is Chicago Blackhawks. It just seems like whoever is rumored to be traded, they're in it. 
uh, whether it's because of salary dumps or the fact that they're trying to build around Bedard right now. Um, I kind of like what they're doing. I didn't expect Taylor Hall to actually get traded, um, mm-hmm. you know, considering how he's played with Boston and how good he was during that first round. I mean, you know, he he literally kept them, you know, in games I want to say games three and four, I want to say, like he was the main guy that kind of turned it on outside of Marshan. But, um, you know, it's business. Amber too. I think they, yep. And, uh, you know, I think they tried to, you know, trade him and open up the cap space uh, just because they did get hit with a penalty with Krejci and Bergeron uh, coming back. And, you know, they wanted to sign Bertuzzi. Well, we just got a report maybe about an hour ago saying that he's going to test free agency. So I think what's going on right now is the lack of movement, as you said, is because of we're still feeling the effects of the COVID, uh, you know, on everything. Secondly, I think general managers right now are trying to hold tight and trying to find younger players right now that will be able to fill in instead of uh, signing in guys who are, mid thirties to ridiculous contracts. Cause I think that's going to start going away. Um, plus, you know, draft capital is becoming more and more expensive. I mean, you, t- you talked about it. Tampa Bay gave up all that capital for Tanner, you know, that was worse than what Florida gave up for uh Sherratt, In my opinion. Yes. It w- we gave away a first round draft pick, but we didn't give away uh, multiple draft picks and one of, you know, our younger defensemen. So, I think it's just trying to keep everything, you know, your draft capital um, and not trying to spend too much on, you know, older players and really, you know, what is out there in free agency right now? I mean, you know, are there a lot of top tier free agents to go after right now? Yeah. And, and I listen, I, I listen to a lot of uh, national uh, shows as, as well. And the, a lot of them say the same thing about how it's not a strong free agency uh, class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the middle class of, of NHL players, it's not, it's not non-existent, but it's very small as far as, as far as who gets, who gets squeezed out. Those are the guys who really feel the pain of, mm-hmm. of, of it all when it, when it comes to that. And speaking of, <laughs> Uh, another even a team that won the Stanley Cup, the Vegas Golden Knights, they have their uh, they want to try to keep a few guys together, and, and so they had to trade another Aww. guy, trading Riley Smith to the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguins, and they got more out of that, an older Riley Smith now than what the Florida Panthers got for for him when they gave him up in the expansion draft to protect to protect Alex Petrovich. And just the look on your face, the heavy, bre- the heavy exhale on you, Nick Fairbanks. It, it's a little frustrating still to this day to see to for for that. But I yelled, I yelled when I saw what Vegas got back from. It's just like one of those like ah kind of things. Like why, why, why were they able to get a third, and yet Florida had to give away a fourth or to get a get a fourth for him back? Like what was the logic behind that? Now I got to start asking questions about Dale Talon. Now I'm gonna question him. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, now now Barbashev is no longer on the free agent uh, market after mm-hmm. uh, after rumors were saying that he could have been linked to the Panthers, and they get to keep both Barbashev and Aiden Hill too. If I had to choose one, it would have been Barbashev. If I'm Vegas, yeah, because I think you could. But that also goes to show how that maybe Robin Leonard's not coming back. 
that that no. is maybe uh, that is maybe a message that he's probably never going to play in, in in the NHL again due to his injuries um, and mm-hmm. the way he ended with Peter DeBoer last year uh, was just uh, not not fun. I just from watching it from a from yeah. from far away, but also just just goes to show once again that hopefully and and this is just hope hopefully we are at the tail end of this and hopefully next year we don't have to see so many buyouts so many of these future considerations as well because you, you could it's basically free the, um Josh Bailey a, a homegrown islander of course uh struggled towards the tail end of his time there and and given up given up for for nothing for cap relief which there's rumors now that the islanders are after Alex Debrinkit um, a, another team that Florida it, it, it could possibly be after. And one thing that the Islanders lack, scoring punch outside of uh, oh, yeah. Barzell and Horvat too. So we could see, I could definitely see Debrinket being a good fit in uh, uh, the Islanders, even though he's from Michigan. Steve Eiserman does have a lot of cap space at his disposal too. Mm-hmm. So, but do you, but what is he willing to part with? Him? That that's the thing is he's know. been building he's been building this team up and he's not straight away from his plan. So, is he willing to part with some of the prospects? I mean, he's already parted with um, you know Bertuzzi. He got a first round pick from Boston. Philip Perona got a first round draft pick from Vancouver. What what was that? Um, so it just seems like so great. Yeah, Yeisman is just like I'm just gonna sit here. And yeah. you know what? you're going to give me a first round pick for the guy or you know what I'll flip one of these guys that I'm not going to sign and I know I'm not going to sign so you can have him and I'll take to bring it off your hands and Steve Eisenman has this thing about when he's asked about prospects he's like I'm not going to tell you what I think about their your prospects uh because he could see someone else trying to uh to um use it as a leverage <laughs> to get in front of him I'm like hmm this guy as- this guy's smart this guy I I, I like this guy I, I really do. Yeah, uh, it, it's hard, uh, uh, it's hard to hate him, and he doesn't guarantee anything neither. I, I was when no. he was interviewing yesterday. So, no, yeah, and, uh, and it's funny. Ask Jonathan Druin how, what uh, he thinks of Stevie Eiserman or what Stevie Eiserman thought of him initially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. hey, you 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 don't want to show up? All right. Well, we don't have to bring you up. We don't have to pay you. All right. You're going to come play for us. We're going to trade you. Bye. We don't need that attitude well, around here. Bring in Sergachev. So, mm-hmm. uh, which, Jeez, which, yeah, another fleece. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which now it's he's in year one of his new deal uh, in, in Tampa Bay. So, um, mm-hmm. they got their players uh, paid, which, man, and the fact that Corey Perry is going to be with Connor Bedard uh, and uh, a former Hart Trophy winner in Taylor Hall, that Chicago's going to be fun. I can't wait. And they're going to see them twice in the month of November. So, that's going to be fun. I, I, I still don't like that there were um, the Panthers are seeing them early, but hey, uh, um, twice early, excuse me. But mm-hmm. hey, uh, it's a good opportunity to see him while the hype is still up there for uh, Connor Bedard there. But Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for joining me discussing the draft class, Patrick Hornquist. And of course, the unfortunate state of the NHL with uh, with with this flat cap, and hopefully by this time next year, we are talking about bigger blockbusters and maybe even uh, even um, higher contracts for these players as they are. As uh, I haven't even looked at the 2024 class, but 
hopefully a bigger <laughs> splashes as far as uh, that that part but nick thank you so much and tell everybody where they, they can follow you armando thank you for having me on uh even though we had an uneventful draft this year um you know we have 48 hours really i mean we have the rest of today and we have tomorrow for other movement to happen because there's a lot of big names out there that may sign an extension if not they're probably gonna be traded away so keep your eyes on that but everybody can follow me on twitter at prudential zero and i'm hopeful to be back next week and talking about free agency or what the panthers might look like next season awesome man thank you so much and i'll see you next week my friend see you next week and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the lockdown florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on lockdown hl network including lockdown hl lockdown fantasy hockey with flip livingstone and steel Roden, and lockdown nhl prospects thank you for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day and every day is make sure to come back next week as we are going to be discussing more of the moves coming up because there will be moves for the florida panthers as free agency starts saturday and we're going to recap that all next week on the show so I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>